Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about the things that matter in the world of financial services. My name is Brandon Russell, and I'm the online writer here at IFA Magazine. And joining me on the podcast today is my co-host and IFA Magazine editor, Sue Whitbread. And hi, everybody. It's Sue here. And at IFA Magazine, we know all too well that financial advisors deliver an incredibly valuable service for clients. But one thing that often intrigues us, and that's whether protection advice gets the same level of attention as a client's investment or pension situation, for example. So on today's IFA Talk podcast, we're exploring just that, which is the need for advice to fully consider the protection needs of clients. Our guest today is Ken Maxwell, and Ken is a director at John Lamb Hill Oldridge, a leading advisor in the specialist protection advice space. So he's clearly an advisor who's actually walking the talk when it comes to protection. So Ken, hi, welcome to IFA Talk. Can I ask you to kick off and tell us a bit about the business and what it is you're all about? Yeah, certainly. Hi, Sue. Thanks for having me today. Thanks, Brandon. Um, So John Lambhill Aldridge, we, as you mentioned, we're specialist protection uh, advisor. So we only do life insurance, but that might be for a a various number of reasons. Um, John Lamb was originally an IFA, started about 60 years ago, um, and we sold off that part of the business uh, about three or four years ago, and we merged with another company called Hilldridge, uh, I think it was in 2020 now, uh, time flies, uh, who were also a, a protection specialist. Uh, and therefore we formed John Lamb Hilldridge uh, with a larger team, uh, focusing primarily on the sort of high net worth, ultra high net worth client market, um, who needed particular protection advice whether that be for inheritance tax planning or uh, business protection or personal protection for their family. Um, And we've got a team based in London. Uh, Where we are slightly different is we pre-underwrite in-house. So- Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it's it's a bit unusual, um, but whereby we employ an in-house underwriter. Uh, So normally you would do an application to the insurer they would handle the medical data and agree the terms with the client and the advisor. Where we differ is we have an underwriter who will handle will handle the medical information in-house and we will package that up to present to the insurer of choice. And we're fortunately, we're whole of market, so we're not tied to any particular insurer. Uh, and we will then negotiate the best terms possible. Where it's particularly important is if the client hasn't been offered perfect, perfect rates. We often refer to it as standard rates, which mean perfect health. If they've been applied, applied a loading on their premium due to health issues or past health, that's where we're, it's very important to have that underwriting facility mm-hmm. where we can negotiate the best terms possible. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do on a day-to-day basis. And we work really with, with other advisors, whether that be lawyers, accountants, IFAs, to help with their clients' needs on protection. Uh, to kick us off then with the questions, I'm going to generalise a bit here, but we find that IFAs tend to be focused on helping clients to grow their wealth and derive income from their assets. But do you think they are equally as concerned about protecting that wealth when it comes? Yeah, good question. I think um, I think you're right there. I think you know often the IFAs and good at IFAs will look at you know giving their clients advice on how to 
to grow that wealth, you know, utilizing their pension contributions, utilizing their, their ISAs, et cetera, even cash flow forecasting for retirement, because ultimately they're looking at, you know, retirement is their client's exit strategy, ultimately. Um, but I think what is often overlooked to in, in many cases is the need for that client to protect that wealth after retirement. Um, certainly, you know, when they're trying to pass on succession planning to the next generation, um, you know, there's often it's missed to where they can utilize life insurance to, to pay the IHT to provide. It's really about providing liquidity for the beneficiaries yeah. to pay that tax. It also, you know, if that's placed, the policy would often be placed into trust for the beneficiaries and therefore it avoids things like probate, which is, you know, can take various lengths of time mm -hmm. before the beneficiaries can get the assets to pay the tax. So the tax has to be paid really quickly, doesn't it, Ken? It, it does, within basically six months um, mm -hmm. is, is really what you're looking at. Um, and mm -hmm. the quicker that can be paid, and, and equally, we, we often forget that the reason those assets have been passed on is because there's been a death, which yeah. is, you know, is qu quite a traumatic time for everyone involved anyway. So if you can take away the stress of having to find the liquidity to pay the tax, it, it just makes life a lot easier and more pleasant for everyone, easier to handle. Mm, like especially if there's property sales involved, then yeah. they can take a long time. It can, it can be difficult. Um, but I think I think that's certainly one area where I think IFAs could add a lot of value to their clients to talk to them about, we're talking about, you know, your during your life and what you're doing with your wealth. But you've worked very hard to, to accumulate that wealth and you want probably to pass it on. Not always, but you might want to pass it on. And therefore, it's equally as important to protect that um, when you pass it on. And that, that's sort of, that's very much, we do a lot of IHT cover for IHT. But what's also important, I think, as well, is protecting the client during their life, their work life. Um, and really, it's about them what happens if they're a business owner or they're just an individual employee what happens if when things go wrong because you're doing your planning for them for the future when they can retire but equally that's easy you know you can look at that and forecast that but if things change dramatically in that period how can you help the client to protect them during that period to to make everything possible you're, you're talking to them about and i think that's often overlooked you are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. Those unforeseen circumstances that you're certainly alluding to very strongly there, Ken. It makes me wonder whether you think that advisors pay enough attention to protecting the client. What is the client's greatest asset, really, isn't it? Their future income. Yeah, I think that it's really funny. I, I often, when I ask clients and I have a conversation, an initial conversation, I ask them, what do they view as their most valuable asset? And so many times a client will naturally go, and I think I, even I did when I was asked many years ago, naturally you go to your your home or your house, you know, your property, because you, you view that as the most money where you've got equity in your house. But in actual fact, depending on the, the client stage in life, of course, but if when you look at it, their income is, is actually their most valuable asset to them over the next 10, 20 years. And protecting that is, is so important. And especially when, you know, the, an, IFA, an advisor or IFA is doing 
their, their forecast and their planning with the client, looking at how are we going to protect and, and quite easily protect that client during that process when things change and protecting their income because so much is dependent on our income. And in actual fact, it's quite, it's not, it's not funny, but it's um, income protection is one of those only policies that actually benefits us, each of us directly during our lifetime. Because the kicker with life insurance is that you sadly yeah. have to die for there to be a payout. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's benefiting our families or our, you know, our beneficiaries, but in actual fact, we're not going to be around to enjoy it. So, um, you know, income protection is really important and making sure you can pay your mortgages, your bills, you know, you know, paying for your children or whatever your circumstances may be whether it be school fees you know all of these is really income protection is incredibly important um i think what i think maybe what would be useful for other ifas to think about when they're talking to their clients is they might have the conversation with a client to say do you have income protection and the client might say yes i've got that through work but what's an interesting conversation for them to have is to say do you know what that policy actually does for you, i.e. what will often be the case is they might have a policy through work, but it might only run for maybe one or two years and then it comes to an end. And if you have a serious accident or injury or, or health issues, which means that you are unable to do your job, you may never return to work. And two years is not going to be substantial enough to carry you through the next 10, 15, 20 years, say. So what, what we'll often do, and, and I think it's quite useful for other advisors to think about when they speak to their clients is check with the client what that policy does through work. Is it one or two years? Or what we would often look at is to age maybe 67, which is sort of seen as the general retirement age. And what we'll often do is, is do an add-on policy to their existing work one, which fits in nicely and would kick in after maybe 12 months or even two years. So it will then run as a personal policy. They can take out a personal income protection policy mm -hmm. to then carry them through to age 67. Because as I say, a lot of people might never return to work because they're unable to, or you know, even the, the stress that they've gone through, the thought of going back into what they were doing before for work is extremely daunting and, and very mm -hmm. difficult to do. So income protection is, I think, is really important for people who are working. Um, and making sure they have that security for their family for, for the future. Um, I was just going to say, you alluded to asking the, that great question to clients about, about what income protection they've got in place. I guess, would it be fairly common that we, if you'd ask a client, you know, what would happen to your income in the event of you becoming long-term you know, long sick, that most of them would go, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. so true, so I think a lot of people have, we never like to think of ourselves as, you know, becoming ill or or dying, but uh, you know, sadly, it, it happens more and more. Um, and I think, that, you know, there are limitations to the income protection market in terms of what you can uh, get in, you know, for, for cover. But it it, it cover, I would say, it covers the majority of us in terms yeah. of our income needs. Um, yeah. But you know, for the top end, you know, you're looking at personal income protection. Rough as a rough, rough sort of guesstimate, you bought rough guide, it's about 250,000 that it could provide a year. So, for those big earners, then you know it will provide them with quite a substantial amount, albeit it might not be able to replace their exact 
income that they were on. It, it's normally as, a, as an idea, it's about 60% of what you're, you're earning when you go into claim that they, yeah. they'll provide. And that's usually on an own occupation basis then, is it, Ken? Not just any... Yeah, it is. And it's also, it's important as well that the, if their jobs, if their circumstances change in terms of their employment, because what, what I've noticed as well, and I always say this to clients, if, if we took out a, an income protection policy and they were, say, on, you know, very good income of 500,000 a year or what have you, we were able to get them 250,000 on the basis that that's you know easily only 50 percent of what they're earning so we could mm. we could get them that if they then changed and they were actually only earning a hundred thousand a year then mm. technically the insurer will only pay out 60 percent of what you're actually earning at the time mm. so there is no point on that on that for that client paying for two hundred fifty thousand of cover you know paying premiums on that basis because the insurer won't pay them out on that basis. So really they're wasting money for that, you know, for that purpose. So it's always worth the client, you know, keeping in touch with their advisor to say, and the IFAs, you know, are going to know if their client circumstances have changed quite considerably, you know, so yeah. they will know that. And then I think it's an important factor for the, for the advisor to say, well, what we need to have a look again at what you've got in terms of income protection. We maybe should reduce that or increase it depending on the way it goes around. Some, some really, really interesting points there. We are rapidly coming towards the end of today's okay. The last point I wanted to bring up is when it comes to businesses, it seems as if a large percentage of firms across the UK are either underinsured or not insured at all. Is yeah. that the case in your experience or and what are the consequences of that? Very much so, Brandon. Yeah, I think, uh, so Viva did a, I think it was their third annual risk insight um, back in January last year, I think. And, it was saying about 50% of businesses are either underinsured or not insured at all, um, which is quite an alarming amount, especially when you've got private companies, privately owned businesses, families are reliant on that business doing well, but continuing to pay those directors or individuals an income. And if the business isn't protected properly, that can have detrimental effect to, to the other, the wider family or, or beneficiaries. The, the key areas, I think, where it's missed, and, and it's, it's not brought up enough, and I think, again, for IFAs, they, they should think at least raise the topic with their client, because if they don't, someone else might, and then another advisor could then end up picking, the, picking up the client's other business that, that IFA is looking after, the investment work and the pension work, where because that, that particular advisor didn't bring it up and, and didn't show that duty, well, that, that level of care that you, the client would want to receive from the IFA, but it's it's things like key person cover for a business. There's there's always key individuals, normally key individuals within a business, and the company can take out a policy to ensure if that individual dies. And you know, and again, it's protection is all about dealing with you know the unexpected ultimately during during lifetime. So if a business, you know, one individual or two individuals might be generating the majority of revenue for that business and if that's something somebody was to suddenly die um what impacts that going to have on the business so a key person policy can shore up that gap and stabilize the business whilst they find potentially a replacement for that that individual uh and deal with the loss of revenue that they've got short term um and another area is shareholder protection um whereby You've got individuals, private company, you've got individuals who own the shares, say four, four shareholders, um, and 
what you want is to make sure that there's liquidity there in the event of a shareholder dying that you can you can buy those shares back from the estate of the deceased and provide them with the cash for those shares um, there's a lot of factors that you need to take into account which is possibly why it's not discussed as much maybe because it's not understood in detail as much and maybe advisors might be a little bit hesitant about talking about it so it's always good to have their, their client's accountant or lawyer involved when you're doing shareholder protection because you need to look up you know their their their, their shareholder agreements um you know cross option agreements whereby a cross option agreement would either force the, the sale or purchase of those shares and it ties in nicely so there's a lot of factors to think about in that but it's it's a really important topic to raise with clients if they especially if they're business owners and, and their advisors will know if they're a business owner or, or a key director so it, it's it's overlooked i think and often the case is that when businesses first start and there's a reason for it when businesses first start one they don't know if they're worth anything um because they're only just starting and they might not have a value and they continue on they've got other focus they've got their mind focus on other things five years down the line or three years down the line even it's sort of forgotten about but that's really when they should be making sure that they revisit it to make sure that it's all set up correctly well, some really really good points there ken thank you very much for that um, and, and as Brandon just alluded to, we've come very rapidly to the end of that conversation. Yeah. I must admit, I could have gone on for a lot longer, but um, we can but hope, can't we, that through the conversation we've had today, that even just a handful of our listeners, if they were to reappraise how they integrate proper protection advice into their client proposition, then that would be a hugely positive outcome. And it's clearly a subject close to your heart. So thank you, Ken, for sharing that with us today. No pleasure. Thank you for thank you for having me on today. Um, we have to say, I, I could I could go on and bore you uh, and everyone else, I'm sure, Sue. But uh, but yeah, I think I think it's I think there's some really interesting areas that the IFAs can speak to their clients about. Oh, agreed. And of course, we all hope that the clients will never need to draw on those policies. But hmm. for the unfortunate few who actually do, you know, this is the difference, isn't it, between sink or swim when it comes to long-term financial security and. You know, we must hope that things like consumer duty will bring that responsibility more heavily to bear on the shoulders of advisors now. But, uh, but what you've said today, I think, speaking out, uh, the, the, the importance of protection can't be overstated. So thank you, Ken. Oh, pleasure. Thank, thank you again. Thank you for having me and thank you, Brandon. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research and whatever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.